This is the Pool Together Community Podcast. Pool Together is the world's number one no-loss prize savings account. You can visit pooltogether.com to deposit. You're listening to the Pool Together Community Podcast. I'm Hot Mike, a.k.a. Spicy Mike, a.k.a. Tim, a.k.a. What's for lunch because I haven't had anything to eat yet. And I'm here with Tom from Prism, Prism, and we are in a WeWork conference room. And this is my first time. I feel so pro. I don't know why. Thanks for having me, uh, Tim. Yes, we are in fact in a WeWork. Um, I have both a Equinox membership and a WeWork membership, and it'll get you very far in life uh, when you're traveling to New York. Dude, you are like the millennial. Are you yeah. a millennial? I am a millennial. I'm yeah. a self-hating millennial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Flagellation. Yes, great. Self-hating millennial. We're in a WeWork. We're just living that life. And uh, we're, we're, the reason we're in a WeWork is we are in an, at NFT NYC, which is itself an incredible uh, spectacle. And I've never seen so many people in one space in my life. Mm-hmm. And I live in New York City. How's it been for you so far, Tom? Well, I, I will tell you, you will find more people in that space uh, exactly a year ago because uh, the conference was completely bonkers last year. But this year, it's a little uh, slower. But Really? Uh, yes, but at the same time, it's a, a much more real, right? So the people that stuck around are, are the real builders. It's the people that don't really look at the price. Uh, they're here to actually bring forth uh, the NFT movement and, you know, um, actually grow the ecosystem. So I'm having much more wholesome conversations than I was uh, last year. And it feels a lot like the first NFT NYC. I, it's been a while. So I think that was like 2018 or 19. I forget now, but it feels a, a little bit closer to that than it, than it did uh, the conference last year. So th- that's crazy. So it's, it's not as busy when were you there yesterday? You were there in the at, at the conference. Sort of. I was walking around uh, visiting partners at the booths. Got it. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I like walked in. No one checked anything. Like I just walked right into the VIP lounge. Yeah. And I was supposed to speak, and I just it was all messed up as far as scheduling goes or whatever. But I was just like, there's food lines and everything in the Marriott, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like New York City space, but like. The, the normal amount of people at a crypto conference now. And I was like, this is not a good combo. That's, that's interesting that it would be like more crazy last year, but that makes sense because of the market and stuff. So. Yeah, and, and it completely smells different. Mar- marijuana is legal now, but, or decriminalized or something like that in New York. And you know, you know when you're on in the lobby floor. The other smell, this is so great that we have a smells edition of the, the Pull Together podcast. The other smell that I he- that I smell is this like, I think it's like a prescription deodorant, but it is the strongest deodorant I've ever smelled. And it's like rampant. It's not Axe body spray. It just smells like like pine salt or something. I don't okay. know. Anyway, you'll smell it. Okay. You're going to smell it. You're no, going to Oh, Tim told me about the, the deodorant. Totally. So, uh, Tom, I uh, am an avid user of Prism. And I use and we have a group NF together uh, of poolers who put money in together and we buy NFTs through Prism and it has been really cool to both group buy NFTs, but then also build a platform, like build an app with you. Like it's been really fun to like shoot over, request product requests and everything. um, And and just see the Prism team be so responsive 
so kind. It's like we're buddies. So I want to meet. I, I see you here now. I want to meet all the other Prism Squad. You know, yeah. as they're as they're roaming around. So um, it's been a real. It's an honor to interview you. We hung out back at East Denver at a taco joint, and that's where this this whole beautiful relationship started. So can you give me your origin story uh, as far as you getting into the crypto space? So first of all, thanks for um, being an avid user. We can't build a platform without our customers. We're obsessed with our customers. We want to solve their problems. We want to want to bring delight and joy to their lives through uh, this experience we're creating together. So couldn't have done it without you. Wind back then, Prism origin story, right? Which is kind of very intertwined with uh, uh, my background as well. So I. Um, I'm an immigrant from India. I moved uh, to the U.S. with my family in 1999. Um, my dad is actually a OG like uh, hardware engineer. He worked actually for the Indian Space Research Organization, equivalent of NASA. So he's a bona fide rocket scientist, right? And he actually came to the States uh, being recruited by software uh, development companies you know, in the dot-com era. So he transformed his career um, from the hard tech side into internet, right? And and much like how I've kind of transported my career, um, looking back on it, like traditional finance into decentralized finance. So um, I, I really look to my dad actually for uh, almost like guidance in this uh, in this transition. And it, it feels like um, from what I've witnessed him go through, it feels like history is kind of rhyming here again, right? Uh, with my own transition. So uh, walking you through exactly how that happened. In 2016, I found myself on uh, Wall Street. Um, I, was a, I was selling different kind of derivative products to really rich people at, at City. Um, and I ended up there um, being a bit lost with what to do with my career. Uh, I'm a smart guy, so you know, uh, that's this is what smart people do when they're lost in their career. They end up at all balls for your consulting, right? Um, I didn't know that. That's, yeah. good, that's good intel. So when somebody tells me they're consulting, I'm like, oh, you're lost. Your <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, they're double lost when they're going to tell you they're going to go get an MBA next. So, so I found myself there, and the game plan then was. Uh, I have this engineering degree in bioengineering. I can understand that sector pretty well. Now I've taught myself finance. Perhaps I can uh, go trade different kinds of biotech stocks and end up in some sort of like long short hedge fund that focuses on that sector. So that was a game plan then. And as I was studying for those interviews, learning more about um, just, just trading, investing in general, I started knocking around different online communities. Right, and this is my way of kind of educating myself. So I found myself on things like Wall Street Bets. I found myself on uh, this more nuanced community called Quantopian, which ended up, um, uh, which ended up leading to this even more nuanced community called Numeri. So Numeri, um, and this is on Reddit. This yes, I found I found about all found out about all this on Reddit. And then ended up uh, uh, Numerize like native community on their own web platform. So Numerize effectively the oldest form of like an investment DAO. It's um, a way for groups of traders to come together, make predictions on the stock market, and run an underlying pool of capital. So it was very different than a Quantopian or or a 
a Wall Street bets because the core difference is you're not just talking about investing, you're actually investing together, right? And that led me to look at the underlying technology to see what, how this is possible. Because being at City, I knew that the traditional financial system is so geographically siloed and you know not like interoperable. Um, and, I, and I stumbled onto the underlying technology, which is Ethereum. And Ethereum, um, back in the day, was, was, it wasn't really clear what it was going to be or the kind of applications that would pop up. But, but this was a, a, an application that I discovered that really, really resonated with me. And I thought to myself, um, if this is what potentially a hedge fund could look like in the future, why should I go work for a, a traditional long short hedge fund when I could be creating this feature or at least participating in it? So um, let me ask you, like Numerai, they're using Ethereum, but they're investing in the stock market? Is that what you're saying? They're making predictions on the uh, stock market and allowing for these traders to make predictions and kind of like mask their own identities. Uh -huh. um, um, and those are all submitted on Ethereum. Uh -huh. And then the decisions are made in an off-chain format, um, and that ends up running a quantitative hedge fund. Wow. What year was this? 2016. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Yeah. So that that is how I started stumbling down the crypto rabbit hole. And then by 2017, I was um, designing my own DeFi protocols, really thinking more deeply about the space. and. Um, started getting back in touch with my now co-founder, Shelby Thomas. Shelby and I are childhood friends. Um, we've known each other since we were eight years old, right? Um, so we grew up playing like MMORPGs, learning how to code. And, you know, we've always had this like fascination of perhaps starting a company together. Um, so I pitched them this really like kind of emergent idea at the time. And um, let's forget about the idea for a second. He... he he was interested in working with me, but he, his feedback was, it felt like for a 50-50 partnership that we want to establish, I wasn't bringing that 50% <laughs> quite yet because right. I would be, you know, de facto uh, the business guy, the product guy maybe even, um, and then he would be the guy building it. He comes from a technical background. He's, he was getting his PhD in computer science at the time. Um, and I didn't know anyone in crypto. I had no a way of raising money or no plan around that. Um, I was very not not a product thinker at all. So it didn't feel like I was bringing that 50% uh, to the table quite yet. So that was like a harsh criticism only like your, one of your best friends could tell you. So I decided to solve all that by joining uh, Wire. So Wire uh, is a strike for crypto company. Uh, they allow different developers to weave in fiat on-ramps into their crypto native application. So you joined the team? You I joined, joined the company? I, I joined the company. Oh. Initially, I, I effectively had a Wall Street-like job there. I was the head of trading, um, running their market-making desk. And I love how you're just like, oh, there's there's a challenge. I'm just going to go get a job. <laughs> like, that's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. And I figured I can try to be someone in the industry uh, if I just started working in it and then started networking and I can figure it out, right? Um, so I joined Wire and about like nine months into that gig, the business itself, the over-the-counter trading business was doing extremely well, uh, creating tons of revenue for the company. But I, but I, I walked in um, to the office on a Friday morning and there were people like 
kind of exiting the building in in, in mass and some people had like tears uh, running down their eyes and I was like what what the hell's going on what am I walking into and it turns out that they were uh, effectively letting go of 80% of the workforce so, so they were shrinking uh, from 40 people to 14 people that day and they were also axing different business lines right including um, my over-the-counter training business and uh, I was one of the lucky 14 so I had an opportunity to stick around but and the opportunity was to um, start being the guy um, that is facing the Ethereum market. So let's lead. So backing up just a second, Mike and Yanni, the founders, decided to focus just on this fiat to crypto API business. And at the time, it was facing centralized exchanges. They're like, why don't we start facing DeFi and NFTs instead? So similar product, but different market. And um, effectively, like they gave me an opportunity to uh, run good market facing facing the Ethereum world, and that that was it was a decision that was like made for me but one of the best decisions that ever happened um in my life right so the rest is kind of history like we got product market fit immediately uh everyone needed this uh product to onboard the mainstream market into their decentralized application so um and and i started becoming someone in crypto by leading these partnerships talking to the different founders of these uh, applications. We were also networking quite extensively with the venture capital community. Um, so you're just talking to like protocols or you know anything like NFT project, whatever. Yeah. You're just like hey, just let people buy with a credit, buy crypto with a credit card. That's yeah. what you're talking, and then then be able to spend it right there. Like be able to exactly like just exactly. Oh, pop some Ethereum in your wallet through Wire. Buy yeah. your product. So, so one of the more uh, partnerships that we closed was OpenSea. Yeah. So so you know you you. You buy an NFT with a credit card yeah. on OpenSea, and that's powered by wire. So we we grew that business significantly, and it felt like my mission there was starting to get complete. And um, I also started to feel like I was someone in the industry. And uh, sorry, is that but is that on your link or whatever your LinkedIn profile? <laughs> that's so web too. But yeah, I, I created the pay with credit card button on OpenSea. <laughs> no, it, it's not. I mean, I can't take all the credit okay, for it, but um, but I want to give it to you. But yeah, okay, got it. It, it. We had a fantastic team that was behind all of that. I was just a very small uh, part of it. Yeah, but it by the end of 2019, my mission there was complete. I had been thinking about ideas uh, very much adjacent to Prism this entire time. I was learning how to uh, code all over again. You know, I, I come from like a quantitative engineering background um but that even if you learn to code like that in college that doesn't necessarily mean you know how to build javascript client-facing applications right so i was teaching myself all of that and this time around i was able to reapproach shelby right and add a new card to show him which was um i think we can get funding for this almost right at the gate right so i'd, I'd already been pitching folks um from, from folks like paradigm polychain so on and so forth and we had an opportunity to join Polychain's entrepreneur residence uh, program called Genesis. So I approached, reapproached Shelby um, with a lot of different, you know, opportunity uh, that than we had last time, and and this time around he he agreed to join as my 50-50 partner uh, in starting this new venture together. So we started uh, working on Prism officially in Jan 2020 out of Polychain and then uh, very officially 
nail down the exact idea, the company, and, and incorporate it in July 2020. So, so, but your original idea when you were not 50-50 was not PRISM. It wasn't, it wasn't that idea, right? You were saying you were creating like protocols or you're thinking about like different yeah. stuff in DeFi. Yes. So how did you get to, hey, let's do NFT group buy with PRISM? Yeah. Uh, well, there's, a, there's, so there was ideation around different protocols and uh, the world was very protocol-y mm-hmm. back then. <laughs> uh, consumer facing applications mm-hmm. were not, it's not, it wasn't, um, it wasn't sane to build a consumer facing application then. And so a lot of protocol ideas, that was more experimentation and learning. By the time we approached Polychain, the idea was a, a lot closer to what Prism is today. It was effectively Web3 Toro. So uh, the thesis then was these influencers like a Carpe Noctum or, or a crypto, uh, uh, like a Kobe or someone, are the new investment advisors. Mm. We can arm them with the ability to effectively sell, co-create different financial products with mm. their with their fans. Mm. Um, it was effectively creator economy meets like DeFi kind of play. And that, that, that was the original idea that we, we pitched to uh, Polychain. Two things happened as soon as we raised, we raised seed funding in December, 2020. So two things happened in 2021 when we really started like building things. Uh, one was this thesis around creator economy kind of got crossed out and got replaced with community economy. So Web3 is collaborative software. It allows for allows for creators to actually collaborate with their fans and create value together. Um, and then a second thing that happened was instead of focusing on ERC20 tokens and, and, and uh, even like yield farming and things like that, uh, let's we started focusing much more on NFTs because NFTs are social investing in a sense. They're I wouldn't call them a asset class, but the phenomenon, the file format is very viral in nature. Um, it's very linked to culture. Um, NFTs are oftentimes like a node for communities to form, form around. So interactive ownable media felt like a much better focus area for us uh, instead of uh, focusing on, you know, like creators, copy trading, copy trading creators, and, and maybe following like trades around Uniswap or different kind of ERC-20 tokens. So- you you pitch Prism, you got it, and then you move toward that that new idea of like NFTs. Yeah. How's it been? How's it been since then? Yeah, we it it was almost a shock to me um, how broken the ecosystem was without Prism. So users were having this experience of collecting NFTs with their friends by using tools like Gnosis Safe while connecting into different NFT marketplaces. There's oftentimes a lot of Google Sheets involved. Um, and and it felt like the administrators behind these groups are really tired, like tracking all, all of the contributions and stuff for the members in the group. Um, from an ecosystem and connectivity standpoint, multi-sigs are, are, are really hard to use. Uh, if you even wanna make like a simple purchase on OpenSea while connecting into OpenSea, uh, you're going to get all sorts of different problems making very simple transactions on OpenSea if you come with a multiplayer wallet like that. So the the whole, um, the the immediate like problem, uh, product problem was, was pretty tangible. And second order problems around the actual ecosystem were also quite palpable. 
So it, it was just a shock that no one was there solving all this. I think there are people talking about solving this, but not actually building products. Um, so just like us being customer obsessed and building the product and getting the market kind of first and executing well um, has really led for led us to be in a very strong position right now. And we're quickly becoming the de facto brand for any sort of multiplayer capital in, in Web3. So I would say things are going extremely well. <laughs> um, one sort of like challenge, I would say, uh, it's not a prism specific challenge, but of course, like the market has changed dramatically over the past couple months. So we've had to shift our persona that we focus on to be a little bit more crypto native and advanced. So instead of helping, um, you know, we call them like iMessage chats of crypto natives and IRL friends co-buying co NFTs, we focus more on crypto native DAOs uh, that are going to weather weather through this cycle. You know, they want to buy the buy the bottom, collect this internet native art. Um, so we're starting to focus much more on the crypto native persona. I would say that's the um, major shift in thinking that we've had over the last couple months. But we continue to grow really, really fast and uh, are putting up record weeks even uh, despite them. There's been a lot of like crypto punk buying, right? There's yeah. been like massive volume on blue chip, blue chips right now because of the discount, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so it's very cool to be in the Prism Discord and see the new squads that show up and then also like the the purchases like congrats on you know grabbing that board ape or congrats on getting those cyberpunks and stuff and then i'm just gonna like it really encourages me as a squad leader to be like man we gotta get in gear i mean yeah <laughs> but it's interesting to see like even you know moving from that normie more more you know like i like you said i message crowd to the and i wanted when you were talking about it, i was thinking builders but it's really like community builders. It seems like what, what the target is now. People who are already in community, they're weathering the storm, they're building together, even, even if it's community and not necessarily an app or something. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's really cool. And as we've been using Prism, there's been different things we've submitted to support and seen like, they're, they're just these really cool things that Prism has. Like one of them, my favorite thing is like to see all the, the mice on the page, so when you yeah. have an action, the cursor, yeah, the cursor, yeah. So when you when you do something and you're like, I need everyone to confirm. I can see every all all the cursors coming up on the page. There's these cool little Easter eggs and little features. Um, but uh, but one of the main one of the main, I guess, uh, animals to wrestle down or something is this split thing. Like, how do you work out when, especially as these these groups grow, these squads yeah. grow. There's more and more capital going into it, and then it's like, okay, what, what are, you know, who got in when, and like, you know, if you put in an ETH now, and then we go buy a board ape, do you have, you, yeah. do you get a, a whole cut of the portfolio, or do you just get that board? So, so how has it been um, with Prism figuring that out, like yeah. figuring out how, how, like that's such a, 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 a ball of knots or something. How do you yeah. untie all of that? Yeah. Yeah. The, the simple answer is um, it's effectively a new count, kind of like accounting treatment for um, multiplayer funds. And we've had to kind of step back and um, figure out what that looks like and make some decisions for our users. 
uh, to get to this end format. So effectively, where we net it out is uh, we want to treat these like they're investment clubs where any sort of capital you're contributing to, you're buying an underlying piece of the fund, right? So you, uh, you're, you're buying a piece of the fund and going to be in this cap table with the other members. So it's not like you get to pick and choose different deals that uh, the fund is doing. You are, you are, it's like you're a general partner of, of this fund, right? Um, and that's been, once we, once we made that decision, then the path became much more clear, right? And now it's just math, right? It's just, it's unsexy. Uh, it's, it's back office um, work that we can automate with code. Um, and now we've gotten to a place where as members are contributing capital, um, we're able to easily tell you how much ownership stake you have, at least in the back end. So we call them like Web2 representations of shares. But where we're going is ownership tokens. Yes. Um, Give me that alpha. Yes. Yeah. So we're, we're going to start. We're actually thinking about two different models. This is I'll, I'll share our latest thinking. Um, our latest thinking is as members contribute capital into we work on Gnosis Safe. So the underlying Gnosis Safe, it's going through our own fundraising contract and the fundraising contract knows um, what the value of the underlying fund is. And the contract, as as contributions come in, will print you different uh, membership NFTs. And those NFTs uh, are, act as your membership card for the underlying fund and also have different metadata for your voting power um, in, in the underlying fund. So that's where we netted out is these membership NFTs with different kinds of metadata. Uh, that equate to your status and voting power. But that's now, you can do that now, right? That's coming in a, in a month or two. Okay, so when, when I see these groups minting their own, because we, we're on the Genesis, like we're the OG yeah. squad, yeah. but then now I see these new groups come in and like you go there and you mint your own group thing. That's different than what you're that's talking different. about. Okay. That's different, that's different. Gotcha. That's an access pass to Prism the platform. Yes, yeah. yes, right. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a growth hack that we're running right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so what what's on the horizon for Prism? Yep. So I told you about this fundraising mm-hmm. module, right? Um, just to step back, we think the fundraising module is just our opening act into a larger community ownership um, protocol. So the the protocol looks like this. It 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 kind of tracks the. Uh, what what users are trying to accomplish on our platform. So users are coming together, they're pulling capital, they're raising funds from existing members and, and new members. Um, tokens and membership cards need to be printed to designate ownership. Then all the funds land in some sort of multi-signature wallet. Um, and then users need to like vote on different transactions, typically financial in nature, NFT transactions, things like that. And then they need to actually purchase those NFTs, right? So all of that, um, all the different smart contracts, uh, net new smart contracts and kind of like different glue smart contracts that need to be built, that we're we're building all of that and calling it Prism's Community Ownership Protocol. Um, That's all coming down the line over the next nine months or so, starting with the fundraising bit. I think 
if there's more than smart contract infra that makes it easy for groups to uh, co-buy NFTs, it really simple um, features are coming down on the product side too. So imagine getting notifications delivered uh, when different NFTs are proposed. Uh, these softer features end up speeding up coordination, which ends up making it much easier for groups to actually accomplish their end goals, right? So imagine also like a Discord bot, right? Where you can operate your Prism account directly from where, where these groups are already ha hanging out. So those coordination tools are also coming down. The and then the third thing, um, so I've talked about the community protocol, different coordination tools, right? Um, and experiences we're gonna bring to the platform. The third thing is our own developer platform um, to bring Prism's multiplayer capital in, um, to end consumer experiences. So imagine a, a great example would be um, Web3 games. So we're seeing a lot of activity around different kinds of like centralized guilds that are popping up in and around the, or I would say around the gaming ecosystems for some of these games like Zedron, for example, Ice Poker is another one. Um, we're wondering why aren't those guilds native to the game, right? Web2 games have native guilds to the game. Multiplayer is a big deal in Web2 games. Uh, why isn't that easy in Web3 games? So we, we think of like what we're building as a primitive that could power uh, guild treasury management, right? So our developer platform is gonna be launched very soon, um, facing end use cases that are a little bit more niche that we wouldn't wanna exactly service on the core consumer product. So that's what the roadmap looks like for the next 12 days. The subtext that I'm hearing though, as you're talking, Tom, is I feel like there's also like a financial product as well. You're talking about multiplayer capital and um, and investing in, I, I'm just thinking why not also invest in like tokens or invest in, so, so and I'm also thinking about NFTs, like could, and we're seeing this with like Uniswap, like you'll, you'll mint an NFT based on a liquidity pair that you have or something like that. So I'm thinking like, it, could that also be on the horizon? This is, I mean, you're, you know, leading, a, leading a, a, an app or leading a protocol, like there's so many different ways you can go. There's so many, like, there's so much scope creep that just tempts you. And yeah. Like, what if you did this? What yeah. if you did that? But I hear that kind of in what I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, that could actually like group buying into optimism or governance, like group governance. That's another yeah. thing, you know? So I just don't know if you have, do you have any temptation to go into that land? Definitely some temptation. Um, we, we think we're starting to see, we're starting to see uh, kind of like co-creation co happen after users purchase assets. So a great example um, that, that feels directionally like along those lines is as these groups are buying different NFTs that represent their own shared identity, they're oftentimes launching their own Twitter accounts, right? Where they're starting to um, just meme about what they're doing. And right now it's just really simple tweet content, but what if that become different kinds of more co like uh, intricate content? It could be videos, it could be, um, you know, at the end of the day, maybe you buy 10 board apes with your group and then you're making a TV show from it, right? So through ownership comes the ability to use those assets in any sort of format and uh, 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 create value together, right? So. We're starting to think a little bit more about that. That that's uh, where where if we should weave the ability to like 
kind of work together, right? Our product. Uh, but that's, I don't know if that's scope creep or if that's the future, right? So I'll need to let that one play out a little bit and, and, and get back to you on a decision there. How has it been going from biz dev with like B2B with wire to now you're, I mean, it's kind of B2C, right? You're, you're talking, I mean, I, I mean, I was part of Pull Together. I mean, I am part of Pull Together, but I'm not like, I'm a community contributor. Like I'm, I'm not part of Inc. And the same thing, like with these other squads, like you're, you're really dealing with consumers, I think. How has been that switch for you? I think our product, um, the execution side, looks actually a lot closer to B2B than it does uh, B2C. So we end up facing um, a lot of end communities directly. We think, we think of ourselves as core infrastructure for communities to um, co-own co different kinds of assets, right? So it feels a lot closer to what I was doing at Wire um, than you would think. So we are, you know, um, pounding the pavement, talking to different kinds of partners, um, seeing if those partners want to um, like launch Prism to their community, maybe even spin up like a more formal sub DAO that has blessing from communi the community's leadership team. Um, so it does actually feel a lot closer to B2B. There's certainly a lot of B2C elements as well. And we, we, we like to keep that um, pretty product-led. So a, a good example would be some sort of like viral loop on the platform. So let's say, um, let's say kind of a crazy stat is 60% of uh, groups after they actually purchase an asset, they go and talk about it on Twitter, which is really, really cool. Um, so we could, that's a viral loop that could be productized on the platform and that feels more like a B2C um, growth area and not a muscle that I'm like used to flexing as much, but that's where, you know, I'm not the only person running the show here. There, we, we have tons of, uh, we have a great team with a lot of uh, consumer native talent as well. So they're able to like figure out those elements uh, and, and plugging those gaps. So it's, it, it, it's like a hybrid of B2B and a hybrid of B2C right now. I know that you're pretty tied. I mean, you're hand in hand, arm in arm with Gnosis, mm -hmm. smart contract wallets, right? Mm -hmm. So you're Gnosis safes, so you, you kind of rely, you're, you're contained by them-ish. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you, so for example, I was gonna ask when, when layer two, mm -hmm. when, you, you know, non-mainnet stuff. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, oh, but you're tied to, like a Gnosis if you can only have it on one layer. Um, I'm not sure if there are other like ways to like stack Gnosis mm -hmm. safes or something. So, so yeah, if you could speak to that because of how, how multi-chain, how cross-chain everything is right now. How do you how do you navigate that as Prism? Yeah, I mean you could just be mainnet maxi also. You yeah, know, it's just like no, we believe. Yeah, yeah. We we see a lot of demand for Polygon and Solana. Um, we're definitely going to go to Pol uh, Polygon. I almost said. Amen. Woo! <laughs> what did you almost say? Polana? <laughs> yeah, I said almost said Polana. Uh, um, and Polygon's going to be much easier to roll out to because they're structurally an EVM and Gnosis is already live there. So we're gonna go there next. And we are trying to figure out Solana, but to your point, we would have to build a lot of net new infrastructure to get there, or Gnosis would get there first, right? And, and we would just keep building on top of them. 
those are those are a couple couple options that we're figuring out. But we certainly envision a you know multi-chain future, and so do our users. So that's certainly where we're headed. I think uh, we don't want to build it all ourselves because we are really focused on the end consumer and creating those ex uh, experience and uh, whether that's through our developer platform or the actual consumer product. Um, so there's only so much we could do with that, with the limited resources. So we do want to rely on this a little bit to, to solve that problem for us. One of the things that I've been involved with is the, the nouns community, but I'm part of like a derivative called NARS, which is a skate, yeah, yeah. Skate, skater DAO, skater die, but, um, but it's a really cool cause where we, as NARS holders, we help fund extreme athletes in their sport, but also want to support them past like injury. Uh, we want to support them like where Red Bull might pull out and the, a sponsorship. We want to keep supporting them and paying for like travel and, and that sort of thing. So it's really cool, but like I'm kind of, I'm nouns adjacent, but this whole like CCO mint forever kind of mentality has been, you know, rattling around in my brain and being at pool together. I'm like, well, I would love to see mints where NFT holders that all of that ETH goes into pool together. And then actually there's prize yield that goes back into the treasury. And by holding these NFTs, you actually have a piece of that. So as people mint and then the resale percentage, it all goes piles back, piles back, piles back. And it either the prizes get delegated, like you claim it in that pool and it just keeps growing and growing, or it can go out to, um, to the NFT holders and that's what you get. You almost get like, a, what is it? Um, Dividend. Dividend. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Financement. Yeah. So, so that's, that's my, that's my idea. What do you think about that as, as the expert of all group multiplayer capital NFT? Boy. Uh, <laughs> is it, did I just create another Ponzi? I'm, I'm really excited about the nouns primitive. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also excited about the pull together primitive. Aww. So I could, I could see that happening. Um, I'd probably need to get a better understanding of, of it just to make sure I'm not mm. signing off on a Ponzi. Sure, <laughs> sure. But I love that, like one NFT is one vote and then like it's one share and like it mints forever. I mean, it keeps going, but like there's obviously like time creates like this. You're only gonna have so many over right. a couple you know, years or something. Yeah. So, yeah. The other idea, the other thing is this Pooley. So uh, the Pooley NFT where mm -hmm. um, Pool Together was able to raise um, money to go to, to contribute toward this legal battle, battle that they're having. Um, and now you've got a whole community. We just had the pool together party last night and we had a whole, a bunch of people who didn't even know about pool together. They just saw, they love DeFi and they saw an opportunity to like push against the forces that are trying to hurt DeFi. And they see this case as like one of those kind of mm -hmm. like landmark cases. Uh, and so it was weird to be at a party that was pooled together, but people were like, yeah, I'm a poolie holder. That was it. So also like we see the power of NFTs now is like a, like a cause, like actually like going into a cause. And now we've got this huge poolie community that at NFT NYC, there's so many parties. They chose to come to this party. They made space in their schedule. There's a community. So we're like, we have friends of poolie and it's like, what do we do with this now? Cause it's not pooled yeah. together. And it's so crazy to me. It's like yeast. It's this budding of like different things. And now it's like, okay, now this is like something, what do we do with this? Yeah. So, and then Prism I feel like is like also doing that too. You've, we have this NF together 
community that's budded off of pool together that's now prism and right so it's just such a beautiful picture of of what i don't know how to wrap my mind around it i don't know what there's not a question here Tom. Yeah. i'm just like pitching this to you and i want you to vibe off of it i don't know i i think i think the way i see that is th- these these DAOs, if you will are actually composed of many different kinds of constituents that are part of that DAO for several uh, different kinds of interests. So one I'd like to paint this uh, example with is Friends of Benefits, right? They are the hub for uh, emergent culture, period. And they have many different kinds of communities within the Friends with Benefits ecosystem. So there's people that are there for the music, there's people that are there for different kinds of art forms, whether it's um, painted art or or NFT generative art, things like that. they're also geographically in many different uh, places, right? I think big hubs are LA and New York. And it feels like these are actually a lot of different communities within a larger community with the cohesive uh, mission, right? And our form ended up really appealing to their NFT, um, what they call the NFT general chat, which is really just their NFT collecting community. They've spun out effectively a, a sub DAO. Um, that they're calling they're calling the squallet the squad wallet um that 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 is investing and collecting different kinds of um uh, art uh, by by creators within their own ecosystem it's really exciting so what, what i'm trying to get at is from the fwb community there's like this sub dow kind of that formed right there's there's people that are going to be joining the FWB community mostly to just participate in this sub and there could be many many other sub DAOs that are going to be formed within FWB that are serviced by other kinds of DAO platforms imagine something like a Myco is really good at social DAOs right so that could be a, a DAO platform that ends up spinning out another more formal sub DAO within FWB DAO what's Myco um it's kind of like prism but for social DAOs so it's like oh. a it's like a consumer facing application plus framework for um, more more yeah more creator oriented uh, DAOs where people are kind of like hanging out. Oh okay. Creating content and co creating. Will content. it cut down on my the amount of discords I'm in? If I if I looked that up? it might it might actually increase the amount of discords. Uh, I need a discord strategy. <laughs> yeah. So, so my point, yeah. Tim, is like um, many sub DAOs within these DAOs. It's going to be kind of like Venn diagrams of these sub DAOs. Uh, as well and people you know I, I don't know if like the the NFT general chat from FWB they might end up forming their own community even one day that isn't even under the FWB moniker right uh, it's all going to be really really fluid uh, in, in my opinion what's your what are Tom's picks in the NFT space hmm. we've talked all about business and all whatever this is where it's at I want to know like, what are you vibing with? What are you really excited about? Or can you do this? Is this like playing favorite favorites with all of your babies? You know? It, yeah, I, I tend to not. I, I personally actually uh, don't really uh, make time for taking care of my own personal account or, um, or, or focusing on NFT collecting. Um, you know, I just love creating products that customers are obsessed with and building, building companies that make that possible. Um, so I would say like most of my hours of my day are pretty accounted for. So, but, but that said, like, uh, I, there's a few categories that I'm, if, if I were to like in, invest over the next 12 months, I'm really excited about. 
I would say particularly the um, the OG kind of um, uh, uh, like formative projects around the NFT ecosystem, um, things like CryptoPunks, I think have a lot of staying power. Um, so I would definitely, I would definitely, uh, you know, if, if you if you're able to like afford one in this cycle, maybe take a look at that. I think they're here, they're here to stay. Um, I'm also really sad about NFT like generative art. Um, I can't name too many collections that are favorites of mine off the top of my head. Um, anything out of the art blocks ecosystem, I'm a big fan of. I think that's a great community and collection to get involved with if you're just starting to learn about the generative art space. But anything with like true provenance where it was clearly kind of first or one of the first in this category, I think that's going to have a lot of long-term um, staying power and, and thus value. Um, let's see, any, any other projects or things that I'm excited about? I'm always excited about, you know, anything, anything the proof community uh, puts out. I think K-Rose and team are executing really, really well. Um, but that uh, uh, profile picture projects are, are a category I generally like. Um, I would be a little bit more cautious of just because of the sheer amount of them, I think. What are the, what's the proof team? Like, what are they putting out? Yeah, Moonbirds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, got it. So they're they're executing really really well. Um, I think I think maybe there are only like one or two percent of Moonbirds that are even available uh, for sale in, on OpenSea. So a lot of the floats kind of been taken up by their nesting program, and I think there's much more to come there. So I'm excited about uh, that project as well. So interesting. You're talking about OG projects. Uh, the new stuff. Did you did. You're not really dipping in on the new stuff. I guess the generative art that would that would be more like so. If any generative art project came out that was new, that you'd be excited about that, or you could be. I could I could be more excited about. What about music NFTs? Yeah, I. Everybody's like 2022 is the year of music NFTs. Koopa Troopa is like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, I think perhaps like there needs to be um, more iteration done there till they have like true product market fit. I think. Um, there seems to be like a trade-off that's made right now with music NFTs where the NFTs themselves, they're exclusive by nature. They're going after this, you know, true super fan that wants to purchase, uh, the NFT, which is great, um, for, for creators, artists making money, they're certainly going to have perhaps more financial upside than they, than they would on a platform like Spotify. But I think, um, artists are the best artists are probably not as motivated by money as they are by fame and being cool. And, and, and I thought know. you were going to say art. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and also, yeah, their underlying like passion, right. Of creating great, great music. And what I'm trying to get at is they, they really like, um, distribution. They want a lot of eyes on them. They want the right eyes on them. Right. And have build up like a truly, more, more like larger fan base that is um, uh, pretty favorite on its own. So I, I feel like that the trade-off right now between distribution and uh, exclusivity leading to like actual profits for the creator is a little little weird. And I wonder if there's a model uh, where you can um, get both or have some like in between. So I think the exact model um, needs needs some iteration right now but i'm excited about the category i presented yesterday on improvisation um 
and NFTs because I before crypto I was really into modular synthesizers. I still am, but I, I am now full time crypto focusing on that right now. Uh, but I had applied back in February to 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 perform a modular synthesis piece and in like split out stems and everything. And now being involved in the space with pull together and I do these silly songs for Wasis. Um, it, it kind of shaped my thinking in this, but I still wanted to see the power of community being involved in music creation. Currently with music, I, I'm thinking it's it's like track, artist, album, mixtape. It's like, it's the standard stuff that we've had in music. And I'm maybe I'm just bummed because I got burned on the Snoop mixtape and I'm just waiting for Snoop to airdrop something. Come on, Snoop. But uh, but I really want to see, I really, so what I wanted to do, I just made like a little synth piece yesterday and it was like people, 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 people. And then I ran around the room and I got people to like do their own part with the synth thing. And they did, it was really cool. Like people were just like, wait, I get to be a musician? Yeah. It was like something like my, my thesis statement was, I want to unlock the latent musician in you. No matter if you, because the talk before me was like, who's a musician? Who's in the music biz? Who's a fan? And I was like, no, you're all musicians. Let's try it. And so it was really fun to run around in real time yeah. and get people to participate. How did it sound? I I gotta I said I gotta finesse it. Uh, my synth thing was weird because, but but I think it's gonna be awesome. I actually yeah. think it's gonna be really cool. And I like I was I would go up to somebody and they they'd start like vibing. Like I could see them getting into it. And I was just like, keep going, keep going. Keep going, and then they kind of chill out, and then I move on. But it was really fun, and I and this kind of goes to your art generative thing. It's like, what is, how does how does the NFT change music? How do music NFTs look if the NFT the technology changed the music? What does that look yeah, like? Yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily AI. And I think what you're about with Prism is community and the power of community. It's like this core thing uh, that Web three talks about community all the time. But I, I see Prism actually like unleashing the power of that in in this multiplayer capital way. So it's really cool to just talk to you, Tom. Yeah. And then also like just vibe and just think about like what does that look? How does you even said it? Like what does it look like when the community starts creating stuff in their own content, derivatives based off of the the right. the the, the, the CCO stuff or the the rights that they now own? Right. Right. You know, so interesting to see like what. Prism TV shows. Is Prism the new Netflix? Perhaps. Okay, that's a new one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to me on that. Yeah, yeah. that's my whole diatribe. So, uh, time's wrapping up. What do you think, uh, anything else that we need to cover that you want to talk about that you think uh, would be good to get out to the pool together community? Um, I would say we're really excited about launching some sort of um, pool together collaboration. Mm -hmm. So, as we, I, I think one of the biggest problems with users starting accounts in crypto period and on Prism is the initial capital base. So we're thinking about how we can leverage pull together um, to allow for different kinds of raffles where different users uh, users can you know submit their own uh, profiles and and effectively like have a chance of winning some initial capital. Um, so that they can so, so that they can start playing the whole multiplayer game, right? Uh, but with some with a few friends as well. So we're excited to get into that, and would love for the pull together community to participate when when we do roll that out. Pull together is my favorite way to onboard normies, where I just am able to delegate them my prizes, and mm. now they've got some USDC on Polygon. 
that they can go. It's re- it's really fun. Uh, play to earn is another way. I think that or the play now it's play to own. They're, they keep changing it, uh, but like w- you know, being able to get like a little bit of a little piece that you can now you have in the, in the system, maybe a little piece of that house money mm-hmm. that you can move around. Um, what we had talked about, Tom, was the the multi delegator tool that Pool Together has, where we have these NFT projects, these communities, these protocols. There's all these staples, especially now with the market volatility and the churning and all of that. Um, there's all these staples that are just sitting there, non yield bearing stables, and um, and you can put it in a pool together, and then you can delegate those stables, the prizes to your NFT holders. You can de- you can delegate it to a cause if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. You can delegate it to another project. You can delegate it back into a treasury or something like that. So, um, and I know we've talked about this. Uh, so, you, yeah, I would just love to hear your thoughts on on how uh, multi-delegator, just some tips for, you, you're, the, you're the B2B genius. So as I'm pitching to other B2Bs, do you have any suggestions for me about Pull Together? I think, um, let's see, so, Different suggestions. I'm getting, I can't believe I'm getting free coaching from you right now. This is so good. Well, I think with B2B, it's always really clear if um, your product is working because businesses can be quite blunt about what they're looking for. And if, if it's close to working or, or you know, it could use some iteration, I would say defer, definitely ask them for feedback on how you can improve the product. So um, treating them treating them as like a, a someone you want in your product org, right? Kind of like driving the end state of, of what you're effectively selling to them. Um, I would say that's been the biggest learning that I've had in, in B2B. Mm-hmm. So what, what you have is, I think, a great idea, great primitive. Uh, the end use cases make a lot of sense for these platforms. Uh, but then when it comes down to actual integration, uh, for how this is all going to work, um, and the specifics, that's when you could really collaborate with that end partner mm-hmm. and get it to this iterated state where um, it's going to start selling better to the yeah. uh, to the next partner. You know, mm-hmm. that you want to get involved. So, what do you do when you get like all these verbal commitments and like really good, really good vibes, like really good yeah. harm? Like people are just like, "This is great," really excited, pumped about it, but then. It's like nothing. Things don't happen. I guess it's not immediate, but it's this is and this is not this. This is just like maybe it's patience. But I feel like in crypto, I feel like if you don't get the you get the verbal commitment, if you don't get the immediate thing, then it's like oh, it's kind of gone because the whole thing will change. Yeah. So I'm not. I feel like in B two B recently, in my experience, I'm not getting necessarily the feedback. I'm getting like really strong vibes. People are pumped, and then uh, yeah. I think nothing. there's the next step, which is. Um, a little unusual for crypto, but very typical for just just B two B, is uh, signing some sort of contract, mm. right? Um, which is you'll know who your real commitments are at at that point, right? So and um, for for you, I I don't know if there's like a SaaS fee or something that you're you're charging, or if it's just like a free product, but some sort of like commitment mm. to the integration that mm. is a bit more on paper. Mm. Um, I think that's a good way to make things official. Maybe there's like a rev share or mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. you could model in there uh, for, for to make this deal a little more enticing for yeah. partners. Papering all that up, the exact like specifics there, um, 
We'll, we'll get you closer to the finish line. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom, thanks for joining us on the Pull Together podcast. This has been fun. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. All right. Everybody go out and get a squad on Prism. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for listening to the Pull Together community podcast. You can visit pulltogether.com to deposit. And we'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. So visit the Pull Together Discord and let us know.